All right, bringing you in. It is Sean Stanley Sports Talk. We're going to talk a little bit about Hell in the Cell that took place last night and then look ahead at Monday Night Raw tonight. Looking back at Hell in the Cell, the pay-per-view, I thought it was a very, very decent pay-per-view outing from WWE. Some hits, some misses, some spots uh, could have been without. But again, that's why they get paid the big bucks, and I'm sitting here talking about their thoughts. And then again, now, I always say this beforehand, most of my issues with the WWE programming is, is not the talent related. It's not. It's really about the stories, the storytelling, where, what the, the predicament that they've put their talent in, in certain situations. And, and that did happen again last night. And again, this is my personal preference. You're going to have out there, you know, you're going to have ones that no matter what WWE does, they're, they're not going to be happy. And then there's the, the other side, which no matter what they do, WWE is the best. I'm looking at everything in the middle, and I'm also looking at the storylines. I, I, again, this is sports entertainment. You need to entertain me. Uh, last night, the pre-show got started. It was Mandy Rose taking on Natalia. And now, before diving here, let, let's take a look at this pay-per-view, okay? The U.S. title wasn't defended. The Intercontinental title not defended. The Raw Tag Team titles, not defended. The SmackDown Tag Team titles, not defended. The Women's Tag Team titles, opportunity to be defended, but we've decided to put a one-on-one -on -one match. So when I saw this match first come out, I said, oh, cool. Mandy Rose taking on Natalia. All right, all right, I can get behind this. Dana Brooke in the corner of Mandy Rose as always, and of course, you know, Tamina in Natalia's corner, the other half of the tag team champions, right? So I'm thinking, oh, this is probably going to lead to something. Imagine this. WWE's going to kind of lead to something here and, and possibly give Mandy and Dana a, a chance to show what they can do. I quickly found out I was wrong. Uh, Mandy did get some shine in the match, but then ultimately it was just Natalia putting the sharpshooter on her and and uh, Mandy tapping out. So my question is this. Why not make that a women's tag team match on the pre-show? If you're going to have Tamina and Natalia go over anyways, why not put it for the tag team titles and just let them beat Mandy and Dana again? If you're not going to give Mandy and Dana the shine, it just makes no sense to me. You beat her in a singles competition. For what? That was a great opportunity to have Mandy and Dana kind of pick up steam a little bit, even if it was a turn into a disqualification. Or even start a little bit earlier and it started as a singles, and then now you put in a double. You do that all the time on Raw, right? We have a one-on-one, -on -one and all of a sudden, tag teams get involved. Now it's a six-man match. Could have done that on the pre-show. Pre but no, instead, it's Natalia picking up a tap-out win. And again, not looking at the performance here. The match was great. I thought the match was a great match. But what did it lead to? It led to the same thing that we would have gotten on the Raw. 
that that made no sense to me. And this is kind of where, you know, again, the action in the ring, I had great as a B and advancing the the program there, I just was like, it made no sense to me at all. You're better off having a tag team match and just putting Natalia and Tamina over. At least then you had another tag team match. A tag team title match. Since not one tag team title was defended on the whole show. But you did not take that opportunity to do that. Instead, Natalia gets a tap out win, and then we head on into Hell in the Cell. And I did think Hell in the Cell got started off well. And matter of fact, the first match was a Hell in the Cell match. It was Bailey against Bianca Belair. And now I get to see how it feels to be inside this steel cage here. This Hell in a Cell steel cage. And when you looked at what Bailey and Bianca Belair did in that match, they used the weapons perfectly, I thought. The way they tied Bianca Belair, the hair, the ponytail, Bailey used the tire into the ropes, right? I'm going to come out of the cage now. Bailey used the hair to tie into the ropes. Then Bianca actually tied Bailey's hand to her hair and was using her hair to whip her into clotheslines. Smart, innovative offense using the weapons that were provided to you. The kendo stick. Uh, it was the the back, not the backdrop. I'm sorry. I think it was the belly to back on the kendo sticks. Everything they did in that match made it make sense. The way they positioned everything as needed. And then it was the kiss of death on the ladder and the win for Bianca Belair, which, again, it's a hell in a cell match. This ends the feud. It's got to, to me, needs to be a clean win, and we got that. We got that in this match. Bianca Belair clean over Bailey. Now, Bianca Belair needs to move on and look forward to a new opponent on SmackDown. Bailey can still be involved somehow, but to me, that was a clean, as clean a win as you can have to finish off this feud between Bailey and Bianca Belair. Uh, the next match, this is this is the match for me, Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Again, I, I thought at WrestleMania, they killed it. Last night was real good. I just think at WrestleMania, it was, you felt it was Cesaro's moment. And Cesaro got that moment. This match back and forth, the way, the only thing, I did not like the beginning. Seth Rollins comes out. Um, Cesaro, they start fighting, uh, and then the ref stops them. Then they take off their jackets, and then they they ring the bell. Why not once they got in the ring, just just ring the bell? Let's get it going. Let's get this match going. It made no sense to have a hot start outside to cool it back off once they got back in the ring. That that was a little bit a little bit off to me. But of course, they had the great back and forth action. You did see the uh, Seth Rollins went for the stomp. Uh, Cesaro scooped him up in a power slam. Very innovative offense there. Great counters. And then at the end, you saw Cesaro kind of get over overconfident, rolled up one, two, three in a cradle, 
Seth Rollins steals one, keeps this feud going, and again, Cesaro had Seth beat. They're playing along the storyline of Cesaro wanted just that little bit more to put put the put the exclamation point on it, right? He goes for they're probably going for the neutralizer, and then he gets rolled up one, two, three. Seth Rollins steals one. I thought this was going to go one of two ways. Seth Rollins, of course, what he did, he stole it, and you continue the feud. Or Cesaro takes care of Seth Rollins, and then he moves on to Roman Reigns. So obviously they're going to keep Seth and looks like uh, Cesaro together for this one, and, and they will keep that feud rolling. Next, the match that, uh, you know what, uh, at the beginning when The Fiend and the Alexa Bliss, everything was rolling well, I enjoyed everything that was going on with this this segment, the way they were building it up, the mind games, the way The Fiend would play, all that. Even Alexa Bliss currently, you know, with the whole thing with Lily and everything that she's doing. The next match was her against Shayna Baszler. One thing I didn't understand, why have Reginald Nia Jax out there? For what? Uh, Baszler controlled the match until Alexa said, look at me. And then she started kind of taking control of, uh, what was it, Shayna Baszler had a uh, Kimura, almost a Kimura locked in on Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss is like, look at me. When she looked at her, she kind of lets her go. Then Alexa kind of gets going and controlling the match a little bit. Then Naya looks at Alexa, and of course, from the outside of the ring, Alexa starts controlling her, bringing her hand up, and then causing her to swing and slap Reginald outside the match, which ultimately took both of them out of the match. And then she went ahead and took care of Shayna Baszler, hitting her little version, I guess, of Sister Abigail, which kind of like, the roll, but into a DDT instead of a face plant. And I just don't know what they're doing with this. I mean, is she, uh, she's able to put everybody under hypnosis and this is, this is her spell. Honestly, you know, I mean, I was, you know, me and my dad, we watched it last night, Father's Day. I believe Father's Day to everybody out there. I was, my thinking was, why don't she take control of Shayna Baszler and have Shayna Baszler be, her like hitman, right? When she needs somebody taken care of, boom, Shayna, take care of him. They kind of went the other way and, and had Naya kind of fall under the spell. So we'll have to see where this goes possibly tonight on Raw. If, if anything, I just, I don't know what they're doing with Alexa Bliss. This had me intrigued at the beginning, but the longer it goes, the more... I can do without it, honestly, at this point. I, I, we haven't seen Bray Wyatt since WrestleMania when she did the whole turn. I thought they would finally do something possibly with that. Uh, Alexa did come on after Bianca Belair's match. Maybe that's Bianca's next opponent, which would have made more sense also to kind of do the mind control, the mind games with Shayna. Use Shayna as your weapon and combat Bianca Belair. Again, we're going to have to wait and see, uh, see how, how this goes. And actually I stand that I stand corrected here. Hold on a minute. She came on after Bianca Belair's match. 
talking about the championship, but she is on Raw. So that that would not happen. So I'm going to have to look back at that and see if I didn't miss misview how I interpreted that match. It made it seem like the way she popped on right as soon as Bianca Belair won, she might have been possibly looking at that match, but I forgot. Alexa Bliss is on Raw. Unless they're hitting at possibly if they do the draft later on down the road. Maybe they're dropping seeds to plant seeds. Uh, again, we'll have to see where that goes. Uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens match. Uh, I thought these two, they did what they they did what they do. I mean, they're they're tremendous together. Entering chemistry is uh, is probably the greatest. Kevin's still selling the injury, the Nigerian nail from uh, Commander Aziz from the Friday Night SmackDown. So he started uh, coughing as as he was, you know, catching his breath. Different things. They did different uh, clothesline to the throat. Uh, he had a the chin lock. Different moves that they had messing with the throat area of Kevin Owens. Uh, they went back and forth. Uh, KO hurts his arm. He's got one arm, barely breathing. I remember when they were going, he's like, he's relentless. He's still going. He was showing that Kevin Owens drive. Um, this match, it just did not, didn't disappoint. I did find it odd. Sami Zayn gets the victory. I thought this was a chance to where with everything that was going against where Kevin Owens should lose this match, there was a couple times where I thought maybe the referee, the referee misses a count or does the a quick three count possibly on Sammy so Kevin Owens kind of escapes out of the match. And then there was a couple of things that popped into my head, uh, actually on my timeline, not my head. What am I talking about? So on my timeline as I'm reading it, and it's, it was from uh, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com. If you're not following, shame on you. And if you are, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But there were some tweets from uh, that he sent out, and th these are a couple of the numbers, the stats. That was Sammy's first one-on-one -on -one win since October 2nd, 2020. Okay, so th that's the first one there. Then, also, he has six televised one-on-one -on -one wins since August of 2017. I'll say that again. Six televised one-on-one -on -one wins since 2017. And then, also, today, Kevin Owens did tweet out that he's going to need to take a little break following his WWE Hell in a Cell, and that he would be back. So, again, working the angle, Sammy gets the victory, which doesn't happen often. Now you wonder if this is setting up maybe possibly for Sammy to go on some type of winning streak here and see where this can lead to from, from here for Sammy Zayn. Uh, the Raw Women's Championship up next, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. This match kind of started weird for me and, and just kept getting a little bit weirder because I felt like they were kind of trying to change Rhea as the match went on. Charlotte was the heel of the match, of course, but Rhea started playing 
the the role of a heel when she was having the ref back up Charlotte for her to try to get into the ring. Then you saw, you know, the aggressiveness come out. Charlotte controlled a lot of the match out of the gate. I mean, it was all Charlotte. Then Rhea got the aggressive side out. And then uh, there was uh, the first natural selection Rhea kicked out. Uh, then she did the double moonsault, right? She did the moonsault from the top, landed it, and then hit the – and then, uh, sorry, Rhea moved. She landed and then hit the moonsault onto Rhea Ripley a la Andrade. So a little bit of uh, love to her man there. There was a riptide near the ropes. Flair got her leg on the bottom. So, again, she's playing the – the heel type there. Uh, she got the figure four locked in, but she couldn't get up to the figure eight. She didn't get the bridge. So Rhea got to the ropes. And then Rhea goes outside the ring, takes part of the table, the top part of the table, nails Charlotte Flair, and Rhea Ripley, the champion, gets DQ'd. She outflared Charlotte Flair. Took a took a page out of the old Ric Flair playbook. Got DQ'd. Um, and then you saw them going back and forth, back and forth. And Charlotte's like, you're learning, bitch. You're learning. So I'm, I'm not sure where they're going with this. The, the story you're kind of seeing Rhea unfold. And again, if you heard the rumors or if you've read anywhere online, reportedly, Becky Lynch was backstage at Hell in a Cell. Is this gearing up for Becky Lynch to reappear on Raw programming? Will she start reappearing for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view? Will she confront Rhea Ripley and maybe Charlotte here tonight on Raw? Some very interesting things that could play out for the upcoming Raw. And then we got to the main event. Again, we'll go into the cage. It was hell in a cell for the WWE Championship. It was Bobby Lashley, the almighty era, taking on Drew McIntyre. And if these two didn't beat the hell out of each other, I don't know what it was. If you saw uh, McIntyre, he took the Twitter. I don't know if it's on the WWE account or on his personal account. The welts on his back from kendo stick shots. They put each other through hell. You knew, you knew this wasn't going to be, you know, these were two big guys going in there to beat the hell out of each other. Did not disappoint. The stairs must have been used 300 times. You had uh, the steps, tables. MVP's Kane came in to play. I mean, I, I know I read on my timeline, people were upset that McIntyre didn't bring the sword in. Would have been interesting to see him maybe cut through the, the cage, possibly, with the sword. There was a chance of the referee. Actually, there was, the referee was knocked down, took the bump. McIntyre, of course, Lashley pinned. No ref. He gets the ref from the outside, unlock the gate, get in here, which ultimately leads to MVP getting into the cage, right? The ref gets ready to count. McIntyre, one, two. MVP pulls the ref out of the ring, and then 
McIntyre has his way with MVP. One of the things <laughs> I forgot that, you know, again, and again, this is something that I saw in my timeline. And, and also, after I saw it, I just, I don't know how many times they said it's perfectly legal between the SmackDown Women's Championship inside the Hell in a Cell and the Raw Men's Title Championship inside Hell in a Cell. The perfectly legal must have been said over a million times. So hopefully you didn't have that in your drinking game. And if you did, I hopefully your hangover is not that bad. Uh, Claymore for MVP. Hurt lock on Lashley. McIntyre fights it, fights it, throws him through a table on the outside. Actually, they both he just dives backwards through the table outside. Uh, the one thing that I that you saw in this match because remember the stipulation: if McIntyre lost, he didn't get another shot at the WWE Championship as long as Lashley is the champion. I think ultimately that down the line that may play in somewhere. But in this match, you saw McIntyre and you saw Lashley put their bodies on the line for what? They made that title mean something last night. They put their bodies on the line. They put each other through hell for a, the most prestigious title in the WWE, being the WWE Championship. They made that title mean something. They were fighting for all the glory last night. And how fitting Lashley set up to get taken out by the Claymore. MVP gets up, grabs Lash, uh, McIntyre's leg. McIntyre fins him off, fights him off. Lashley rolls him up. Little schoolboy hooks the tights. And after all the weapons, kindle sticks, tables, chairs, and everything else they put each other through. The schoolboy with a little bit of trunks and Lashley takes care of McIntyre and McIntyre cannot, cannot get another title shot as long as Lashley has that championship. And how befitting it is that MVP is the one that cost him that when he was put in the hell in the cell to keep him outside. But McIntyre was the one that needed the referee in because the referee got taken out, which led to the ultimate screw job. And McIntyre now apparently has to wait till there's a new champion before he gets a challenge again. Or will we do the old, uh, what was it? I mean, for my day, it was the Midnight Rider with the great Dusty Rhodes. Rest in peace. Right? You had the Yellow Dog with Barry Windham. And then we had, what, Juan Cena recently? Mr. America, right? There wasn't Hulk Hogan, Mr. America at SmackDown. Are we going to do that with Mr. Scotland, maybe? They bring back Drew McIntyre under a mask to challenge Drew, uh, Bobby Lashley going forward. Excuse me real quick. But it will be interesting to see where Raw goes tonight. Who will challenge Lashley? The Alexa Bliss storyline, where does that go? What's next for Drew McIntyre? A lot of talk of Brock Lesnar coming back. Does he go SmackDown? Does he go Raw? What, what goes on next 
on Raw. And we'll be discussing that tomorrow right here on Sean Stanley Sports Talk. Tonight it's Raw. I'll be live tweeting. Make sure you follow me, Sean underscore Stanley 11. Until tomorrow when we break down Raw. So long.